0: Generation Balm for another week, which is which is always very exciting. I'm here with uh, with Neil, my father, um, and
1: well, Neil, how are you? We're sharing a
0: microphone tonight because we've got some very special guests.
1: Well, I'm always much much more nervous at bit. Now that this has been advertised so profusely in Bridge Road, i see myself with you in this famous podcast. So we need to do well.
0: Yeah, we have, we have one flyer up around town, and that flyer is getting huge amounts of, uh, of buzz. Is, it, is that you? <laughs> um, But there are 50 more flyers to go out. So if you're listening and you've got a cafe or something, and you want to put up a flyer, well, we'll have you, or we'll take you, or there you can go. have us. Um, <laughs> I thought I'd just start, uh, start the episode today just with a really quick couple of questions. I heard this actually in the same cafe. You learn a lot when you're in a cafe uh, and you're talking to, you know, interesting people. But I was asked, I was thinking, you know, the classic questions we get asked, how are you, what do you do, what do you do with yourself? And, what do uh, you do with yourself? <laughs> not, not a whole lot of them, minute. it. Um, bits and pieces, drivs and drabs. But I was thinking, uh, she said to me, she goes, the thing she asks her son after every day, her son's quite a young young boy, I think nine, eight or nine, asked him the three questions of how your day was. It is, um, what inspired you today, what surprised you, and what did you learn? So I'm gonna ask that from not so much today, but over the past few days, what, what, what are your answers to those three questions?
1: So what are they again? What what
0: surprised me? So yeah, maybe, maybe, you know, what inspired you probably comes last. So what surprised you? What did you learn? And what inspired you today?
1: Well, see, I'm a weird person because I keep thinking about what's next Mm -hmm. rather than what's just happened. So to ask me those questions, I'm thinking, what the hell is that? Is that important? Now, Mm -hmm. it is important, I guess, because that perhaps makes the rest of the week or the rest of my life. But I tend not to think backwards too much. But I reckon if I had an hour, I yeah. could probably come up with some fantastic answers. <laughs> but I'm, I'm not right. It doesn't spring straight to mind. Again, so much of it is because my thinking is about what's next. Mm. Like, mm. how good is this podcast going to be? I can't wait to speak to these three, four Just young so, people, yes. three other young people plus you. I'm, I'm really interested in stuff like education. And I'm like, I want to know I want to get into this. So I'm not even thinking about what inspired me. So many things happened today. Today was quite a, has been quite a significant day. A few of the things that happened, I can't even talk about yet because they are, <laughs> right, right, right. they're about what's happening in this this footy club that I work for. Um, but the thing that inspired inspires me as much as anything else is the way our people here deal with the adversity of not playing that well. Normally it's, oh God, oh, we're no good. What's going to happen? We're saying what a wonderful opportunity it is to prove ourselves now that we're under pressure. We've got all our best players, not all our best players. Some of our very best players not available. Who are we gonna pick next? And is our system gonna cope with it? Of course it is, let's make sure we train our system better this weekend, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Which is, won't be news to anyone who's been in high performance sport, but I mean that, that that inspired me because I come out there. Oh, that's fantastic! I love being there. Whereas it could have been, oh, this is no good. The players are no bloody good. They won't play well enough. We've got too many injuries. Umpires won't give us a free kick. What a shit world! Mm. Would well, it be very easy to do that? Mm. But I'm telling you, there will be no outcome from that that is any good for anyone, yeah. as we know. Yeah. So fortunately, that we haven't gone down that path. We've gone down the other. So, and that that didn't surprise me at all, but it did inspire me. Oh, what what has it? What surprised me over the last few days? And this is a very footy based answer again is how well Sydney Stack played for us, and if anyone (laughs) doesn't give a hoot about Richmond too bad for you, you must, you should give a hoot about this kid because he's had uh, some battles and struggles to even get an opportunity to play, he's a very young man uh, kid from Perth, um, but at his first chance to play and he just played better than he can and we said tack on the player and the ball, you could just Mm. see and I spoke to him after the game, I said, How? he said, oh, I'm absolutely stuffed." He said, He's buggered. He said, I've never run that far in my life. Which just means he's able to push himself to play at that level, because he knew you had to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, get used to it, because you've got another 200 coming, so <laughs> you've got to play those games. <laughs> Perseverance. So again, that's a little bit footy-based, but that kind of that's, they're the closest things in my mind, but... Um,
0: and the fact that we asked those questions, and you went through that whole process of, of allowing us a bit of vision into the, whatever's going yeah, on with the if, noggin, a game what, if, what a weird game a, game so. So. We came around, though, to you actually answering the questions. So that's, that's kind <laughs> of Education. Well, that's my <laughs> way of, I was
1: buying <laughs> time. i thinking, what are the answers to these. What, <laughs> what was the third question?
0: Uh, what did you learn today? And I mean, I oh, suppose yeah, that's, well, you know, like, that's, that's but it, what the question represents is the fact well, that One other
1: lovely thing that happened today is I went to the AFL to do something with AFLW, which which is terrific, which is also quite inspiring for me. If you had said five years ago you'll be, be involved in women's footy, I was like, you have gotta be kidding! And mm. No thought of it, but it's fantastic. It's actually quite fantastic. We've got so many things to do with this footy club there. But so on the way back from there, I had um, um, Tommy and Kate with me there, the two people we work with, and I stopped off at Parque at Jared's little coffee shop to get a Fly. coffee they and won't put up a flyer there <laughs> <which is laughs> and, and right. your mother Carmel was there having a coffee as well so out pure serendipity serendipity, family, <laughs> I got the sale out of there during the day so there was a nice thing to happen well,
0: isn't that helpful? I she's be? listening. Yeah. Yeah, she's, well, I don't think she's listened to one yet, but that's
1: all right. Um, yeah, the, re- the reason... Is not a, yeah. I know this is not all about me. <laughs> don't ask me questions. I again. won't answer those questions.
0: It'll take me half an hour as well. And um, The reason I did ask that question is because sometimes, you know, in, in life, I suppose it's that mindfulness of... Um, uh, you ask kids, and you know, if you ask them how was your day, like, mm. you know, one, mm. one. Instead, you're actually challenging them to think about and critically think about. Reflect. oh I actually got you know but let's let's actually move yeah, into you, that and you know the yeah.
1: stupid thing is I was speaking to Andrew the other day and she said that that's the the three questions yeah yeah, yeah yeah, so, yeah right and so I took you know no that is of <it. laughs> I should have
0: well she's listening. a great answer thank you for the inspiration <laughs> of those three questions
2: um, this is why I do homework
0: that's exactly right <laughs> and and the reason yeah the reason I asked that um, is we're talking today about education and something we all have an opinion on um, also <laughs> everyone has an ex- has had an experience at school And it can be, uh, well, having gone into teaching uh, my masters and that sort of thing, I have heard 100 million different opinions on what school was to that person. Um, But school's changing as is education and our view of uh, our whole concept of education. And that's why uh, I thought I'd bring in three people who are going to enter into the educational uh, industry, I suppose. Um, Three people who actually do uh, the same course as me at University of Melbourne, not that we're elitist here, the masters. <laughs> um, we've got Atticus Lyon, Ali Curtin and Naomi Oakley. Thank you so much, you three, for coming in. Thank you for having us. Uh, Yes, You're welcome. Beautiful. Well, the first question I always ask my guests, and because this is the first time we've had more than one guest, it's going to be going through the three of you, <laughs> line- linear style or whatever. Uh, how would you describe what you do and who you are?
1: Hmm.
3: Oh, okay. Um, so, I... I'm um, studying masters of teaching. <laughs> um, I'm majoring in um, double music for the masters of teaching. Um, I also work a little optometrist job on the side. And in the last uh, six months um, since moving to Melbourne, actually, I've just been very inspired to get into Indigenous education. So I've been filling my world with that, and Melbourne's very fruitful for that, which is really amazing. And I'd love to find ways to share that with more people.
2: Amazing. Um, I My learning areas, as we say at MTeach, uh, are <laughs> um, SOS and Humanities, which I soon found out are exactly the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, they've just somehow put it into two areas. Love it. Um, but I guess my, as a teacher, my passion is in sociology and social justice issues in education. So yeah, that's how I really want to look at my education trajectory. Okay.
4: And I study English and history at university and I think for me the interest was around debate um, and teaching or or at least educating people and young people about how to communicate effectively and how to debate Uh, because as a a job I work for a a, a non-for-profit organisation that supports young carers in schools. So young people under the age of 25 who support a family member with a disability, mental mental illness or addiction. Um, and I think in that space, I have learned the importance of advocation and debating. And I think it's a skill that we often forget to teach young people mm. and it's a skill that is becoming increasingly important in this contemporary
0: society. Have any of you, in terms of actually going... Uh, down this path but have you heard anything from a particular individual or someone you know or just someone passing who's heard you're going into education who've had an opinion uh such as oh well you sound a bit overqualified for that or uh what are you going into teaching for or okay you know just your classic response of someone who probably doesn't quite get why someone um in their mid-20s would go into Teaching mm. or education.
2: Yeah, I reckon the biggest response I always get is, Wow, you're brave. Oh, yeah, me yeah. too. Oh, wow. <laughs> you're, you're, kids, you're a good person. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's you're true. doing a good one for society. You,
1: you know what I heard the other day? Someone said secondary teaching for males is like nearly impossible to do because of all of the PC <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, absolutely. Got about. Yeah. Like, you know, how can you treat a 16 year old girl correctly? Mm-hmm. You need to like, have
2: someone always yeah, like, with you
0: to back you up. I, yeah. was, I was
1: very saddened to hear it. I know. It, but, and I shouldn't bring it up because I want this to be positive about education, but that sort of thing, particularly in your two boys' case, you mm-hmm. say, well, the more young men like you we've got teaching our kids, particularly at a secondary level, we reckon surely we're going to be better off. Mm. And to make it difficult by all that doesn't, doesn't make a lot of sense. You know, I, I say, can you... Cut that out of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit negative. I didn't mean it to be <laughs> but it was. Well, surprised yeah. me. At first I kind of I thought, oh, that, that. Yeah. I thought young men teaching our kids, isn't that going to be the greatest thing to happen? I said, mm. well, yeah, it's It's a bit of a minefield in some of these areas. It's a so,
2: hot topic at the moment. I, I think
4: I was, on that point, I think I was fortunate to have some mentors through my own educational experience. Um, and I think, as you say, it is now more than more important than ever to have those mentorships, yeah. um, and I think when we deal with with issues such as you know gender politics in school and those type of things, um, and and what is being seen is that there is a general lack of of that male presence in in education, particularly in secondary schooling. Which, which so which is probably
1: why it's a problem because there's not enough of it in, in a sense, isn't it? Yeah, it yeah, of
4: course, and I, I think just generally that diversity is really important in any in oh, any I occupation. Have no, I have no doubt about
0: that. Well, I mean, I had a, my first placement. I remember there was a young man who pulled out of the masters, not for anything untoward or anything, because he was so paranoid about uh, that sort of thing. Really, which I, I think that's, there that's was true. a bit more yeah. going on mm. than just you know. But he was he was uh, in every session we had. He was like fixated. on... That's a bit
2: odd, though. Yeah, fixated on it.
0: I know I think and that, that's but you know like he kept asking questions kept going into it and I think unfortunately maybe that the whole perception of that had really rubbed off him in, on, mm. on him and like had become sort of something so ingrained in his head that he just couldn't get past it.
4: One of uh, one of my placements one of my uh, mentor teachers was very candid in saying that she as a young teacher candidate as well experienced these type of issues in schools But I think her willingness to to talk about that with me in this contemporary age illustrates how it is becoming I guess, more accepted and, and more normalised as a topic of conversation. Yeah, and
1: easier to manage, in a sense, yeah. So let, mm. let's get off that. That's a kind yeah. of a negative. Yeah. Yeah. I think
3: it's OK to talk about yeah. negative stuff. Education's such a complex, <laughs> yeah. large topic, yeah. and there's always going to be good and bad things in it, you know? Yeah.
4: yeah. Unfortunately, these are the... Well, not unfortunately, but these are the conversations that we have every day. Yeah. yeah. as As prospective te- well. teachers. Yeah. So yeah.
1: You know, well, I want to get straight to the, the point of he's how, how do we know what we should be teaching our kids? Have you, have you read Harari, and he wrote that *Sapiens* and Homo oh, yeah. Deus* and 21... It's blah, 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 been a popular
3: blah, blah, blah. book. has not it. Fantastic, yeah, I read they're it.
1: fantastic. Really quite clever. Talks mm. about the future. Mm-hmm. And one of the things he says is, if you're in, the, if you're in 1100, you know we all knew what was going to happen in 1150 AD. But we're <laughs> in. The, 2000. We could, no one's got any idea what's going to happen mm. in 2050 because the things are changing so much. Mm. And his whole point was then to say, okay, if we go to the education system, what the hell are we teaching? Are we teaching the right stuff? Mm. Given all of the, you know, the robot stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, the there's a lot of stuff going to be looked after yeah, that AIs. we're probably teaching the kids. Yeah, yeah AIs and. Yeah. The workforce is yeah. changing as yeah, well. Like Are we arming ourselves We're teaching kids to do jobs. Yeah, that, maybe, that aren't going to exist aren't gonna be in, there, in so five years. Should yeah. we be teaching them sociology and? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it's really
3: important to take a creative sort of mindset, and to for kids, you know, they should be uh, thinking beyond. You know mm. what what we're teaching them uh, well, criti- critical critical thinking that, skills. Is but that in itself
1: is an intellectual challenge. Mm. Do, do, do we got it enough is, kids yeah. who can think to that. Do they are they encouraged to think to that by their families, etc. That yeah. some sometimes is your issue, isn't it? I, yeah,
2: they, I think sometimes the education system can dampen creativity yeah, as well, particularly yeah. when there's certain things and like the structure of our education system put in place mm. um, stops people from thinking outside of those boxes. Even just being within a four wall classroom that mm. prohibits you
0: well question like Naomi, you're in, in music education. Yeah. And obviously we're kind of in um similar history, legal studies, English, that sort of thing. So we're kind of separate from that. But what do you think as a music educator can be um that we could take inspiration from, considering you're seen as the arts yeah. and you know, the approach to teaching, although similar there's those different ways of, you know, like how kids react, they, probably have a lot of joy that comes from going to the arts while going into an English history class can sometimes be a bit more of a tepid response. But what do you, what do you think?
3: Um, well, we there is obviously a lot of foundational knowledge that you need to teach kids to be creative, but it's really nice that you can be like, here are these tools, now go build something with it. Mm. And at the same time, that makes it really hard to mark something, like give it a grade. Mm. Like it's yeah. I don't like. I don't. I find it difficult to mark creativity. Mm. Yeah. Well, but yeah, that's the thing. If they're
0: giving it a go, right? That's yeah. You know, t- I think
3: it's just encouraging kids to to bring whatever they have in their heart, and their mind, their soul to the table, and it's okay. Like mm. just yeah. giving that environment that space for kids to to think creatively and reinforcing
2: that there's no wrong answer. Exactly. Mm. You're not looking yeah. for an answer. It's yeah. just about you. Producing. But this this challenges
1: in like the whole the notion of funding education. Mm. Mm. So yeah. they that, say, okay, we're going to fund education, Well, it means all the kids we have got to give them a chance to learn to read and write, or challenge mm. themselves, or include, improve their intellectual capacity, or whatever it is.
3: Music is constantly but advocating that, for itself. Well, <laughs> no, no, I, I love music, yeah. I think it's. A yeah. fact, I'm not
1: just. Not, I'm not saying music's not right, but I'm saying when they make these decisions, mm. somehow it looks like there is. A, commercial value attached to it what will these kids be able to do and will they be able to make a living and pay their bills or pay their taxes or Mm. or whatever makes our crazy world work Mm. i think particularly
2: in an australian education system the reality is we're a capitalist society like Mm. the government wants to see end goals at the end of year 12 like they Mm want to see where these students, are how they're entering the, the workforce and the market, and they want to see results in that sense. And that can really dampen creativity. Mm-hmm. But I think, um, yeah, with us as being young teachers, idealistic coming into the profession, we're still able to foster well, that creative creativity in different ways. A balance look, somewhere,
0: isn't yeah. It? yeah. Yeah, let me frame that question for all three of you. Mm-hmm. So idealistically, you probably came in with a vision of how you wanted your classroom to look or how you wanted your teaching career to go, but mm-hmm. then you probably with a year under your belt, couple of placements, you feel the tension Mm. that goes against that idealistic uh, sort of um, vision you had of what teacher you were gonna be. So what's the biggest challenge you reckon you've come across because of the system that Victoria operates in or Australia operates in or the Western society, Whatever we can go really deep there, but what's the biggest challenge you've faced uh, or the biggest tension that pushes against your vision of what you wanna be as a teacher?
4: For me, it's the speed, Uh, the speed of learning, the the amount of learning that has to occur over a a period of time whereby young adolescents are already managing an enormous amount of change. Mm -hmm. And for me, that really is the challenge that when in one week you are provided with a piece of curriculum that realistically should be taking four weeks, six weeks, eight weeks, however long it needs to take for those individual students. Um, And so for the challenge for me is in that short space of time, having to communicate such a vast range of concepts and and, and in a way, emotional learning, Mm -hmm. um, and a trajectory at which students have to progress Mm -hmm. um, is a significant challenge. Mm
2: -hmm. I think you and I, Will, have spoken about this before, but definitely the whole testing part of it and plan, and all those annoying buzzwords NAPLAN. around assessment. <laughs> assessment is like the bane of my existence yeah. Yes. Um, but yeah it's just it was weird going into placement and teaching um, the subject sociology which was my undergrad which I loved in my undergrad but then teaching it as a VCE subject because then I just saw how VCE took all the Mm -hmm. life and all the substance out of the subject and just turned it into this Mm -hmm. mundane, like learning of vocabulary and um, teach to the test. Yeah, Yeah, like completely forgot the essence of being passionate about something Mm -hmm. or looking at social injustices from like, yeah, passionate standpoint. Mm -hmm. So that in itself, um, when you have to meet those, those benchmarks of testing, it can really dampen your mood in terms of teaching.
3: I guess so continuing on the creative thinking and creative experience in the classroom um <coughs> the my placement schools one and two were quite different in terms of um musical knowledge so the second school was a, a Peter 10 school and quite high in the uh, academic achievements mm-hmm. and they were getting an amazing opportunity of being able to learn music every week from 3 years old to year eight mandatory, whereas all the other kids that I taught in my first placement didn't have that. So it, it would be nice to see more of a um, harmonious sort of link of creative thinking from, from younger years. But obviously, I'm not in control of that because I'm kind of in secondary at the moment. But, you know, who knows? Yeah. I could get into primary. And I think I'm seeing that a lot more than from what I remember in my own experience and hearing from my own experience uh, in New South Wales.
1: So... What is the value of a kid learning music? Like you, you got this child from yeah. wherever you to, to actually understand music, to learn what it means, to understand it a bit, to play an instrument, perhaps even sing or whatever it is. Well, what's what's the value of that for for their later for them being a better human or whatever?
3: Well, from the latest stuff that we've been looking at in our um, units at uni, um, we've been talking about. Um, where you can find numeracy and literacy opportunities in all learning and music actually has a lot Mm -hmm. of literacy learning Mm -hmm. and I think that's would be really another fantastic way to go about um, teaching a kid who's really struggling with certain elements of numeracy and you could just you know give that a music point of view at a younger age and then you can make it a collaborative learning and then they're creating from that as well. Mm. So I, think yeah, I, really I, well, I knew there'd be an answer yeah. because,
1: because music is so beautiful and yeah. so in- it's so ingrained with us. So I, 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 I couldn't, I can't play anything because I've never really tried to. Mm. But, I device. Device. <laughs> 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 but I am a voice. But I love the music that I love. I love the music that I love. Yeah, you know? exactly. Like it you makes, love I music. Just, it just makes me feel better. No matter who me, you yeah.
3: are, mm, mm. you love music. Yeah, yeah, everyone exactly. listens to music, and I think only
1: because of the natural either the the words for some things or mm. just the balance mm. of mm. of the rhythm which is yeah. really and it's across every culture, like, culture as well yeah. exactly yeah. Yeah. it's across yeah. every culture and I think yeah.
3: it yeah, it's it's nice when. We'll I knew there'd be an
1: answer. <laughs> <it>. <laughs> 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 Thanks, Melvin answer Uni, well. for, yeah, for, for yeah, the numeracy yeah. <laughs> yes. <Yeah>. <laughs> yeah. and literacy assignments. Finally, some value in the yeah. subject. You can yeah. see how that's that's real. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, I, I was thinking because like some of my greatest experiences at school were in the drama Same. drama well, classroom. A, yeah. Unfortunately, mu- Like I also love music, but I probably. You know, sometimes um, my violin commitment to the violin was pretty recorder, was poor nice. at was best. Point. Yeah, yeah,
3: oh, that's a hard instrument. I I played it as well.
0: <laughs> I think I think Hot Cross
1: Buns was the extent of my <laughs> musical <laughs> appreciation. Well, I, I actually did play the plasto flute at uh, primary oh, school. Wow. I got God Save the Queen. It was about the <laughs> time <as> I got. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
0: you know, what about teaching kids life skills? You know, when does the responsibility for, um, for teachers end and the parents actually begin? Mm. Like, what skills do you think should be taught in schools?
2: What yeah. by life skills do you mean like literally learning
0: literally how to do fin-
2: taxes? Yeah, and financial literacy Monday. but also looking yeah.
0: after yourself, looking after your yeah. mind, you know, your well being oh, yeah. and that sort of thing. But yeah. you know, like I suppose yeah, life skills is such a broad thing. Mm. But
4: I think there is no denying the amount of research that's coming out around holistic schooling mm. and around the impacts and benefits of holistic schooling. Be it life skills, emotional skills, academic excellence. Um, the question comes down to how much schools preface that for a variety of reasons that are justifiable and unjustifiable. Mm. Um, and I think there are some schools who are beginning to adopt what would be considered a sort of well being program to support mm. students'
1: mental health and mental well being. See, to be fair, all of the religious schools in the past would have had. Holistic schooling, yeah.
2: Okay. So their underlying they
1: values Im- impose so many things on you, which we don't necessarily agree with uh, overall. But I think to come back to holi- holistic schooling in a more well, not religious, but a just a pure social way, probably mm. makes sense. I think. The
2: yeah. fundamental um, underpinnings of butting. no, that's fine. The fundamental underpinnings of school has always been um, the socialization of students as well of young people um, just trying to educate students how to be active and informed citizens once they leave school and just learn how to be the best versions of themselves with like within a collective as well Mm -hmm. so yeah we kind of have like we have a very important job of being able to um, yeah help them be those people
4: I often find an interesting question that I get asked and I get asked all the time is what do you teach um, and I think to myself, the answer that you want me to say is English. Mm. Mm. I teach English. But it's funny when people often say, what do you teach? My brain says to myself, well, I teach young people, mm. Mm. you know, and what that means, I'm not sure yet, um, but I know that it's not just English.
3: Mm. Mm. Yeah. I oh, like yeah. the idea of like, bringing in life opportunities and life skills Within every Mm. curriculum. Mm. Yeah. Um, I'm speaking from an experience of a primary school teacher friend. Um, She actually taught kindergarten one year and she would get them to meditate every day. Mm. And I think that's a really beautiful thing. And I think it would be really nice to incorporate that more in school because I remember having some of those experiences. Kindergarten,
1: kid. Meditate. I know yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've, I've, I've read I've read stuff that like
3: I've read articles if you give them something I, to focus on they can yeah. they can yeah. do it if it's, my it's, my
0: it's just a different because it's obviously not all meditation is Hmm. you know yeah, exactly yeah. so yeah. many oh, different that's what lines.
3: I've been I've been expanding that idea of meditation in the last few months actually it's not just sitting there in a quiet space and not moving you know you can move meditation could be listening to music meditation mm. could be just going for a walk in a park Like it's mindfulness yeah, yeah. It's, it's being the present moment exactly yeah, yeah.
4: You know, kindergarten can, can Kinder has nap time yeah. that counts doesn't <laughs> <as a laughs> <nap time. Yeah. laughs>
3: it yeah glorified I naps finally, yeah. I have glorified yeah, I naps all the time I've
1: got to ask the you of this question like, I'm, when you're involved in team sport you see there's so much emphasis put on working together understanding each other mm-hmm. connection etc etc and e- even in business, you'll see everyone really pursuing that. Your is good because people do work together. We understand the common purpose, da-da-da-da-da-da. And when you teach, you've got to teach individuals, but do you teach that, because you know, you've all got classrooms and they've all got to work together and the mm. kids who go to the school need to somehow work together. Do, do we focus on that yeah. enough or I, much?
3: At least I think so from reading and placement experience, like the idea of, students will actually learn more off their peers than the teacher. Mm. So you give them the tools and then they can communicate with each other in their own language that you've helped provide them. But you know, they're gonna soak in their mm. environment. And that's why music is great because you can get people to collaborate together on little writing projects, but you can even do that in any other
1: I mean, subject it's, area. It's simply in any kind of band, yeah. collaboration is all, it's everything. Yeah, if you exactly. don't ain't I mean, good yeah, to listen Yeah, exactly, <laughs> if you don't get along, yeah. then yeah.
2: we're not all going along that's true
4: yeah, yeah. yeah. I, d- yeah I, I do think that the notion of space is often neglected in a lot of education speak um, we talk about results and we talk about standardisation we talk about students but we often forget the idea of, of space that these students are collectively coming to an institution every day, five days a week, all year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that notion of collectivism is often forgotten. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and all the talk around, or, or at least all the research around, how we utilise that space, be it physical or be it sort of cognitive, um, can really impact on student learning. And mm-hmm. that, that, that collectivism
1: is important. Yeah. yeah. So, well, so there's t- no doubt that it is in the real world. Yeah. yeah, well, it's yeah. a skill. Yeah. Socializing to, is a skill, recognize. and it's uh, one of the absolutely. things we have
2: to teach as well. Uh, well
3: yeah, definitely.
0: Anyway, yeah. <laughs> yeah, in terms of that, um, that great point, Atticus, um, is the question of the haves and have, not, have nots. And I've been just going over this a lot like private schools, independent schools, state schools, and there's a clear inequity or inequality throughout the system but with space of course it's great for a school that has more resources they've got you know mm. physically more land more you know exactly yeah. physically more, yeah. more land but what about what about for trying to even the gap from mm. particular state schools who have so much space pressure they can't build out while they've got more kids coming in because it just they just don't have the money and all that mm. I know that's a massive question and one that's going to take a yeah. long time to actually figure out but what do you think in terms of reducing that gap between say state schools and you know not all I know not all private schools are your elite private yeah. school but like what what you, what's your thoughts on yeah since yeah.
2: doing this course I've become quite radical in my perceptions of that um, yeah there's massive disparities in terms of funding between mm. public and private and the reality is the more funding we put into public schools the more it actually alleviates so many of our social issues mm. like it would yeah it Addresses so many issues that people don't realize. If we just equal out that gap more and more, because the less education for those, um, for you know, a lot of minorities and disadvantaged groups, um, the bigger their problems come. So mm-hmm. if we can lessen that and just just put literally money in public schools, solves so many issues with resources and lifts so many achievement standards. But unfortunately, you know, with the recent budget um you know if the liberal government does get voted in that means way more money to private schools and a lot less to public schools
0: mm. and in terms of naomi to bring it back to the i suppose the indigenous perspective on education and mm-hmm. um there's a chat about in the curriculum there's not much of a mention of um maybe like in history and a couple of particular subjects but across the board there's
3: it's pretty vague
0: yeah pretty yeah. vague so In terms of what we uh, can do there to ensure that kids coming through aren't going through and are ignorant about the history, well, of 40,000 years before British colonisation, like, what what do you think you personally would like to see implemented there?
3: Uh, Well, I'm currently doing a lot of research on this at the current moment. So there's... I don't have one fast-track answer for this because it is really complex. Um, But I'm really... I'm really enjoying it. Um, oh, well, I, coming from. So, the reason I'm interested in this is because I am yeah. of Indigenous heritage. <laughs> I, I probably have should, should have, have said mentioned it, no, no, that. I should, yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's all good. We got there eventually. Mm. Um, and so, I grew up um, nowhere near where my Aboriginal family are from. Um, and I went to a Catholic school. And I only remember hearing Marbo once in yeah. like maybe one class. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what what I'm passionate about what is did he play? <laughs> oh. Oh. It was in history class I'm <laughs> missing. Oh, oh, <laughs> <That's
1: okay.
3: laughs> yeah. Um, I
1: Sorry, I <laughs> oh, didn't take this it seriously. It's no, <laughs> all good.
3: Um, where, where I want to where I want to take this education degree is finding more ways to connect community to schools mm. and the community that is near the schools. So make it a really local experience. I'm finding um, through through my placement um, experiences, there was not mm. anything in the classroom and uh, in terms of Indigenous mentions. Um, and I mean, even I was really ignorant uh, in my first uh, placement experience, I had no idea how to go about it, um, but I'm a little bit more informed now, which is great. But basically, yeah, I just want kids like the schools to be acknowledging the land that we're on mm-hmm. and connecting to community, so then they can work with with elders and uncles and aunts and, you know, um, hopefully actually reading some literature because mm. there is so much out there. Mm. I'm drowning in it right now. And I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to make sense of it all, but it's all really fascinating stuff and I'm also um, looking into what decolonizing curriculum mm. is mm. as well.
0: Could you just go into that? Because, I mean, I've heard it a bit and I'm sort of yeah. like, I'm still oh, like a, awash I've... with, I have no idea. But... Your, you know, your perspective on some of the research you've done into decolonizing the classroom, like what what would the steps be for?
3: I got to do a lot more reading, to be honest. Yeah. I'm still trying to figure yeah. it out. Um, but it's just, I guess, it's the approach of the classroom, um, and looking at it from that local point of view and you know, getting more um, Indigenous people to come into the school and do workshops, but it's also important for non-Indigenous teachers to feel not feel fear about teaching the wrong Mm. thing because that happens all the time in any subject, I Mm. think. Like, that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) And there's so much brightness in the future for Indigenous people. Mm. I'm feeling it. Like, I've been trying to get involved in... Um, more music and more uh, literature, and just going to general events around Melbourne. So I'm co- um, collaborating this calendar at uni to try and get everyone more involved. And just in case you that. didn't
1: know, that Sydney Stack boy I mentioned earlier, <laughs> It's an Indigenous boy. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah. Oh, um, going back to what you said before about um, how to look at um, Indigenous perspectives, it's it's difficult because there's no one way of looking at. Yeah this country through like one indigenous perspective because there are so yeah, many that's communities exactly, yeah. that's why yeah. it's really important to have that local point of view and connection yeah. with schools um, I, the I issue think though in
1: a way is that a lot of the communities because they've been forced out so far away they, mm. they are what they are is what they are it's hard to how do you how do you look after that? How do you provide schools? How do you? I guess that's been some of the issue. Well,
3: it? um... because lo- like speak. there
1: were people, indigenous people lived here, but yeah. they don't live here anymore because there's all this other stuff going.
3: Yeah. On. Well, I think they are much. still here. But no, it's but just not as, because but not as evident,
1: if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Well, the unfortunately, the east coast um, isn't. Uh, they don't have as many communities here because unfortunately they've just been out there. Well, that, that's, that's yeah. what Armenia is are saying. They've got to relate um, to, their, to
1: their country. It's a bit harder to do.
3: Yeah. Well, I'm actually going to um, North East Arnhem Land um, in a few weeks to do a, a month-long teaching placement oh, wonderful. and it's going to be a pretty incredibly incredible experience and what I'm really amazed at is that these the kids up there they speak three four five languages mm. already mm. before learning English mm. like how incredible is that like mm. that just sets up such a huge mind um set to learn mm. um but I'm, I'm going up there just as much as a teacher as I am going to be a learner um, because they have a really beautiful way of life, you know. I'm It's going to be... Well, yeah,
1: you've got to <laughs> learn. You, you need yeah. to learn that to know how to help them learn anyway. I suppose,
3: yeah, well, yeah. and, you know, the, the, I'm going to what's called homelands, and it's a community, and it's their homeland. Like, that's literally... Where they've been forever, and unfortunately, I read that the government—well, Tony Abbott said that he wanted to cut funding from it because it was a lifestyle choice. Mm. Like, how disappointing is that?
1: Mm. <laughs> Don't ever mention Tony Abbott's name ever again. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I can do that.
3: <laughs> it's no, the,
0: unfortunately, the problem there is he had such—well, you know, a lot of governments have had such an influence on, you know, degrading and you know, destroying Indigenous culture. Yeah. Um, that I suppose it, you can't not mention the impacts mm. yeah. that yeah. politicians like that had, and you know, regular people do. I suppose as well. I yeah. still do. Yeah. yeah. Um.
3: So basically, the the to round that uh topic off, <laughs> I would love more Indigenous perspectives in every um class mm. in school from all like from the very beginning of school because then people are just going to have a much more well-rounded perspective
2: and more respect Mm, normalizes it yeah 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 Mm -hmm. take a leaf out of new zealand's book yes (laughs) indeed
0: question for you atticus because you mentioned how much how passionate you are about debate and even just then i'm just feeling nervous talking about this stuff now i mean i'm sorry for that but that's just sort of sometimes you're like oh god i don't want to say the wrong it's good to talk about yeah Yeah. and that's what i'm gonna bring it back to atticus with you know like in schools because Sometimes we feel like we're walking on eggshells a bit, but debate is so important. So how would you, you know, in terms of actually teaching a class this skill of debating and respecting each other's opinions, but also getting them to think critically, how do you start to, uh, uh, you know, um, make a classroom or develop a classroom that is really open with that, but also respectful at the same time, you know what I mean?
4: Yeah, and I think it comes, it's, it's a complicated question and, and one that I certainly don't have a definitive answer for, um, but I think what I have attempted to do in my own teaching practice is, as I said earlier, create a space, uh, and that space can be physical and that space can be emotional, and there's been a lot of interesting research done around what we as teachers would know as open or closed questions. Um, And and traditionally, open questions are those that spark conversation or or, or spark a response from a student. But there has been research which indicates closed questions can create an equally dialogic classroom. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the question comes again to what is it that creates this open dialogue with students and teachers and students and students? And I think there is something there in, in creating an open environment whereby failure uh, for mm. want of a better word, is acceptable uh, uh, and and asking questions and, and being inquisitive. Mm. And I think all these these elements come together to create, as you say, a cooperative learning space, which is essentially what a school is. It's, it, it's got to be.
3: Mm. And that goes beyond the Indigenous perspective. We have such a multicultural country. We've got mm. to be mindful mm. of all cultures in our classroom. Yeah. So I think we can go about it at this, with that same approach
2: yeah you've got to be culturally responsive all the time as yeah, a teacher in yeah. the modern classroom you have to be aware of other cultures beyond your own and not be narrowed down to these westernized <laughs> versions yeah. of a normal classroom you have to understand how other people operate in mm. the same kind of space
4: and and they can be uh, they can be notions that are extremely challenging for people and particularly for teachers who are standing in front of a class of 26 adolescents <laughs> mm. who are You're supposedly, right. yeah. myself being only 23, who are supposedly, you know, the font of all knowledge, which is <laughs> in itself a very frightening proposition. Indeed. Um, but I think, of course, there is no, there is no space for, for disrespect in any classroom, in, in any environment ever. Um, but I think there has to be a space... To ask questions and and fail Mm,
2: and you can have really incredible teachable moments as well Mm. when things don't go as to plan and when students say quite regressive things Mm. that they probably don't actually understand Mm. what their meaning really is behind what they said but you in that moment as a teacher can be like hey you're actually insulting someone right now and you may not realise it. This is why, and this is why we don't say that kind of thing in this classroom. And then they go on into life and realise, I can't actually say that about someone else.
1: Yeah, because part of your suggestion, you say how important debate is. There are some people who think debate is just convincing people of their story. Arguing. And that, yeah, arguing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's that's, that's kind of, that's what the debate was, you know, you go, you go through the three processes and at the end you saying, by the way, we win. <laughs> so yes. that's it's not just debate, is it? No, no. It, 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 yeah, so co- you look at um, say a Donald Trump now, and nearly <laughs> everything you see, you think, so, oh God, you
0: pulled You up Naomi for mentioning Tony Abbott. I, I, I know, don't I really remember. think that mentioning Donald Trump. Trump. Well, I'm about to shit put him, so I know. I know. <laughs> that's what everyone does. <laughs> but, no,
1: but it's like it's it's so obvious what he wants to do. What the, the his what his debate is, and mm. he mm-hmm. doesn't let anyone. So I'm, I'm not quite sure how you defeat that. Admit, apart from I think there's in promote yeah. inclusivity. You don't yeah. Yeah. perpetrate
2: hate. Yeah. yeah,
0: and you know what? There's a real attitude. Uh, doesn't matter what side we're talking about. Of attitude of debates are there to win. When really I think debates a chance for a conversation, right? Mm. And if you can't mm. sort of move uh, and adjust your position when you're talking to someone, then what's the point of talking in the first place? Mm. If you're just coming from the same spot and not moving if anything, regressing backward. And that's mm-hmm. the thing. That, well, but, yeah.
1: but influencing is very important, just the same. Oh, yeah, A us yeah. influencing for the right reasons, but well, that, that's the challenge. Here. What, what do we stand for? What are your values? Yeah. You, yeah. so?
4: But I also think that there is, all, there is an element whereby, as I said earlier, teachers are often, and, and well, I guess rightly so, seen as the font of all knowledge, and seen, seen as sort of this, uh, this, this standard by which there is no movement But I think when we're coming to debate, what's important to acknowledge is that we as teachers are seeking debate from our students. Mm. We're seeking a conversation to grow them and us.
1: Mm. Um, And I think. Help help them to learn, in a sense, rather than (laughs) teach them. Yeah, but to come from them, not
2: not regurgitate what we think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Critical critical thinking. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) going well rounded. People mm. after school, the schools are yeah. So, back to sure. that conversation yeah. we had before. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: exactly. So we want yeah. them to yeah. form their own opinion, even if it's different from our own, but just have evidence to back that and mm. support it with. Yeah, something I, solid. I look
1: back at my school days, which are a long, long time ago, as you can imagine. You think, what, who were the good teachers? And you think, I think of Mr. Jones as a good teacher, and Mrs. I <laughs> And I try and think why. G'day, if you're listening, Mr. Jones. Shout out. i to be brown bread by now. And I think about it, and nearly always it comes back to: Did this teacher actually give a stuff about me? Yeah. Yeah. Etc. No, Etc. Cetera, et cetera. All those simple. Is that so? When you look at your capacity to teach or what you want to teach for, what 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 is a good teacher to you? What what are they? What do they do? Is it is it as simple as that?
2: Mm, that's the age old question: What is yeah. a good teacher? That's um, like the reason why I started teaching wasn't necessarily the learning and knowledge part. It was because I genuinely wanted to, yeah, like provide some sort of help to students who needed it in terms mm. of the well-being aspect, mm. aspect mm. more and then yeah like I, I thought about social work but I didn't think I was resilient enough to do that and then I did find out that I loved teaching as well and then so I just thought teaching was that good avenue.
1: Mm. Well Does it does it matter what the kids think about you then? Like, how much of that relationship is do you require? I
2: think positive relationship with students is like the be all and end all. Like you need that. But Mm. I was saying to Atticus before, I think something as a teacher you have to come to terms with. You're never going to be everyone's cup of tea. Mm. Mm. There's some students you're never going to get through to and you just you kind of have to come to terms with that otherwise you're just going to be stuck on it day in day out yeah
0: taking the small wins right Mm, as well In that relationship you're sort of like this is going to be hard work but you get a little say they Mm. you know I don't know something happens an event happens and you're like wow they've taken something from me Mm. whether that's the only thing they take from me at least that's Something right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Rather than aiming to be, yeah, the, the perfect teacher, who, and you can't fix uh, like, everyone. You yeah. just can't. There's so many
2: things that are going on in a student's life, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. beyond your control. Mm-hmm. And you can try and have small impacts, but you can't. Yeah.
4: But I, and I think what we would all agree on is that you you engage in that relationship with respect and honesty, mm-hmm. and whether or not they. Decide in that moment, in that year to to go with you as long as you are attempting to the best of your ability to be honest and to help Mm. uh, or, or be honest in your help. Yeah, um, that's that's really all you can. Really There's probably going to
2: be a lot of students that hate you as well. <laughs> and but then no, but then they get into that their twenties and be like, like, hold on, yeah. yeah. this curriculum is actually not bad. She's I like. She's actually looking out for me.
3: I like the idea of growing their knowledge to the point, uh, to their capability. You know, mm-hmm. not not necessarily bringing up to this benchmark Come because on, not see. everyone's going to get there. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's giving enough care to be like, all right, well if it's okay that you can't get there, I'm gonna get you somewhere. Mm. And that's gonna help their well-being, mm. and yeah. our well-being, because well being because we are feel really happy about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: I think um, it relates coaching footballers, which is a bit, you know, sort of lower level in a sense, or being a teacher of kids. It's, it's a similar thing, and people always used to say in the old days, oh, the coach can't be friends with these players, he can't be mates with these players. Which kind of makes sense up to a point, but then I say as a coach, if if I don't have a relationship with a player, I cannot coach him. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit like that with your students, isn't mm. it? You have to not so much know them, but there's got to be some sort of connection of you actually give a hoot about them. They're mm. happy to listen to what you've got to say. Yeah. then. All sorts of things it can around. be hard but to if... fully
3: know 200 students every day. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. I don't, I don't... <laughs> yeah. well, yeah. perhaps they know you in that yeah. they trust you exactly. Yeah. exactly. That, that's the relationship yeah. you do trust you yeah. because when something the happens, space. you
1: don't all of a sudden get the shits sort or of go home mm-hmm. or give them the yeah. cane or whatever they oh. <laughs> yeah. <they're all> <laughs> yeah. so the cane. School has to be yeah. their safe place, yes, yeah. Exactly. yeah. Exactly.
4: You know, you're not supposed to be there, you aren't supposed to be there to be their friend,
1: no, that's no. right. But you have to be authentic and you have to be honest with them, yeah. But you're there for them, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Which is very similar to the coaching sense in, that, in,
0: mm. you know, in the analogy. Yeah. Well, I think, yeah. I mean, teaching for me is obviously so many parallels for life because it is life, mm-hmm. education. Mm-hmm. But I was thinking the other day about just the small, you know, if you've got 200 students and that sort of thing, but just the small impact you can have by engaging. And it's not just for kids, it's for anyone. It's like just you find out something about them and then that can be a one thing of like, oh, I saw da-da-da, yeah. Your team on the weekend, wow, well, you know, have a little small sh- short chat. And that could mean quite a lot to them and it should mean a bit to you, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because that's humanity, isn't it? Yeah. It's yeah. not avoiding conversations and running away from it and going, oh, that's good. Yeah. Be. It's actually going, well, this could be a very short conversation, but a nice interaction. And that sticks with people. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. I think that's, you know, I suppose. A the, young person yeah. just wants to be seen in a mm-hmm. world
2: of people. Yeah. yeah and definitely. This, the smallest thing can mean a huge. Amount for a young person, vice versa. I mm. um, have. Yeah. Um, th- mm. There was one kid that I didn't even teach
3: in my first placement, but he just remembered my name and mm. while I was locking up my bike in the morning, and I was like, Oh, this is so I nice. Yeah. <laughs> it, it honestly means yeah. so much. Yeah. Yeah.
4: One teacher in a sea of teachers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're all the same. I mean, there is quite a lot in,
3: in yeah. one, <laughs> one school.
0: Maybe <Yeah. laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you slashed your tires. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, my bike's still going strong. It's on the front. <laughs> Um, it's been a wonderful chat. And uh, we, we, sorry, excuse me, end the show uh, by asking just a few questions, which probably relate to the human experience, right? Universal mm. questions. And I'll ask all of you and you can answer to whatever extent for each of the questions. But uh, the first one, uh, what do you fear?
3: i got to say, I fear classroom management. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the little shits. So do all
1: your students. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yep, I'd say so.
2: <laughs> detention for you all. <laughs> um, What do I fear? Um, yeah, I, I guess I am talking about this before. The, I fear not being a good teacher. Yeah. That's my biggest thing, but then again, what is a good teacher? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> every student, that's yeah. different. Mm.
4: Um, all the pressures around mm. teaching and the profession, I genuinely fear not caring anymore. Um, there's a lot of things that we do in our lives that we really do care about, mm. um, and I think that moment where you don't mm. I- is
0: scary.
2: Mm. Yeah, losing that mm. empathy. That's not going to happen. Not for Atticus I'm
0: crossing my fingers (laughs) 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 Um, Well two part question What makes you happy I won't say the second one Because it's what makes you sad But what (laughs) makes you happy
1: (laughs) In general Uh, Yes Yeah
3: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, I reckon it's musical Which
3: is more (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Currently what makes me happy Is really good podcasts to be honest (laughs) (laughs) and they could be musical they could be mindfulness they could be education not
2: the murder ones I'm not into the murder
1: ones
2: (laughs) um for me as of late it's really been meeting new people and just yeah um being inspired by these like new people I've been coming into contact with including you guys Mm. shout out um, <laughs> Please go but and yeah <laughs> just realizing that there's a world of um other people with other experience i can learn from so where does it
1: where does that happen well
2: questions? just through the course i have just opened up um my realm my, my my small world of people that i already know and just being able to meet people from all walks of life mm-hmm. different to my own mm-hmm. um yeah it's just Hate to say such a cliche word, but inspired me, but it truly has. That's good. That's the next
1: question. What's inspired you?
4: <laughs> well, I'll quickly go through what I makes me happy. I was um all the pressures of of growing up and, and going into your early twenties and, and partying and all of that. What makes me really happy um, is going to a party, riffling through someone's kitchen, finding a cup, yeah, a cup of tea. I knew you were going to say
1: yeah. that. just sitting
4: down and having a cup of tea. I knew you were going to say that. If you haven't tried it,
1: oh, you'll be converted. And <laughs> a
3: good record, of course. Yes,
1: <laughs> the vape sellers around the place just have uh, <laughs> 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 a, uh, a good to goes a
0: long way. Oh,
3: beautiful. Bless ah, your
0: soul <laughs> I almost I don't think I want I'm, going to, I'm not even going to ask the next question so I'll, I'll move on to the more positive stuff because uh, but what uh, what album or book would accompany your life story
3: ooh I love so many albums (laughs) and so many books. I want a Um, lot of recommendations. I guess uh, something that I'm currently reading, which is speaking very true to me right now, is Growing Up Aboriginal in Australia. And it's 27 short stories Mm -hmm. of um, all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people from all walks of life. Mm -hmm. And it's really touching my heart. I saw
1: William reading that book the other day. Yeah, it's a great book.
3: (laughs) And I think an album would probably be... Oh, I love Anderson Pack Malibu, (laughs) what a classic! (laughs) Yeah. Oh my god. Oh my god. New album actually coming out.
0: Yeah, I've listened to a couple of new songs. But yeah, Yeah.
1: Malibu is,
0: amazing. Killer,
3: always. Yeah. Never gets old. Timeless.
1: Sorry, you (laughs) too. But I've never heard. (laughs) 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 Go have a listen. He's brilliant. He's brilliant, and he's a multi
0: like. Oh, I saw him live in London. Um, <laughs> he didn't play the drums there, but he always seems to play oh, the drums, like it. on, t- like I think on which is Tiny London Desk show. Concert. Oh, mm-hmm. Tiny, yeah, okay, brilliant. Okay, yeah. Sorry, moving on to YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> How, How good. A,
4: a book that uh, would accompany my life, or a book that I think is really important to me, is a book by Grayson Perry, a contemporary uh, British artist, and it's mm-hmm. called The Descent of Man. Mm-hmm. Um, and contrary to the title, it is uh, extremely confronting, uh, but it there's, there's great growth in that book it discusses issues around toxic masculinity um, but it does it in a way where the way he writes the book, it's just the voice in the back of your head, that you know has always been there, but you're reading it on the page mm-hmm. and that's a very uh, weird sensation
1: to hear your own voice on the page So do you relate to it at all or you, you, what you're saying is you, that's hidden there, but that's the stuff you're always repressing, I assume that's what you're saying yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah.
4: I think there are conversations around uh, diversity generally and how uh, there's been a lot of with the comedy, Interna- the International Comedy Festival on recently. Yeah. There's been a, a, a lot of comments around how we're all entering into this space of, of being made fun of. And it's amazing how reactionary males can become Mm. to humour that talks about toxic masculinity, Mm. but the reality is that humour has just not affected males in the past, and often there's this interesting comment where you'll find males saying, oh, take a joke, but as soon as toxic masculinity is raised, males will immediately draw back, Mm. because humour is somehow, they're they're immune from that humour. Mm. Um, and I find it interesting, the, so the conversations the, the that we decent, are now involved in that man. conversation
1: mm, there's a big mm. shift happening, I can yeah. feel
3: it mm. there too yeah. well I
1: hope there is, we really mm. got to hope there is yeah. I, I mean it's funny you listen, to, I mean uh, this is we're questions for you guys well, I listened to um, a couple of songs the other day just by accident came on and one of them was I was only 19 and the other was K San and I listened mm. to them and I remembered how disgraceful we were in actually Going to Vietnam, and and then when mm. the soldiers came back, we treated them like it was their fault. Mm. Like I, I think back to that, and, and I go, how do, how do we let that happen? And yeah. that's a little bit about you know what what we allow. Oh, this yeah. is what we do, which is a bit about that masculine toxi- toxicity in a sense. Well, mm. we're allowed to do these things. We're allowed to get all these nine-year-old kids, put them together, put them in a mm. send them off to the war, and it'll be mm. okay because we want the oil or we want the whatever yeah. the other the reason for it was. It was. You remember how we do need to change. I don't know how we can. Hmm. I hope the hell incorporating
3: we books like that into curricula. Like you, dismantle yeah, it. definitely in, in the
1: curriculum. Well, I'm not going to read it, but I'm going mm. to get it myself. I'm a bit old. <laughs> 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 do it. I be too. Um, mm.
2: For me, there's no real one particular album that sums up my whole life. Um, I just I'm seeing my life in different segments, so mm. I don't know. Yeah, different right albums represent that. But in terms of a book, something that's always resonated with me um, is... Roxanne Gay's *Bad Feminist*. Mm. She just um, her book like explores Look at these three topics. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Big yeah. 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 I Big conversations.
1: I love Harry yeah. Potter.
4: Yeah. I <laughs> That's That's pretty pretty.
1: Pretty. well. I do too. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've got to mention there's a lot of truth in Harry Potter. Yeah. I can tell you. Um, <laughs> we're one more, one, yeah, more we're together. <laughs> one more
3: book for you that you might find interesting. Um, Bruce Pascoe yes. *Dark Emu*. Mm-hmm. It uh, is s- incredible. so incredible to read. Yeah. It opens your mind up to a lot. It's mm. yeah, yeah. Like. It, it touches on um, pre colonial agriculture, mm. um, just a whole new perspective. Yeah, on law, yeah. housing, population, no. um, the movement, but also the fact that you know we are aboriginal people were stagnant we didn't really
1: yeah but that's that's yeah. just a, mm. we're not a nomads poppy, it's a poppy exactly yeah yeah we whoever it was came took over yeah but that's all about so, decolonization yeah, yeah. Just, exactly yeah
2: changing that thought process yeah,
0: yeah. I, I just thought the way that is written as well he writes it in a way that people are probably reading and go, oh yeah yeah. but he writes it in a way that he knows what some people are thinking and they've been thinking for a long time yeah. Like, oh but this is this, this and he goes yeah. ah but actually here's a, mm. the account from a, from a yeah. yeah yeah from
3: um a, a traveler who mm. was just exploring the country and writing their findings mm. and it's so it I, I had a lot of beautiful visuals reading that book oh, and, um right. it's it's I was quite sad finishing that book but I felt really happy that mm. it's out there, well, mm. that it
1: finished, or the the, the
3: ending um, was a bit sad. I was sad. It, the ending wasn't sad at all. Yeah. I was but just sad that so it, much yeah. was destroyed. Yeah, mm. yeah. yeah. but yeah. that's why that book is very important for a lot of people to read. So then we can start reincorporating mm. that knowledge, and just celebrate the fact of how incredible and how resilient um, mm. our people exactly. are. Mm. Exactly, yeah. they have survived all that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. yeah. And yeah. speaking of um, resilience, uh, the Vietnamese are very resilient mm. as well. Oh, mm. Oh, mm. No. Wow, oh, that's I went there recently absolutely. and. What a yeah. culture! Yeah, yeah. Mm. They've come, they've come that war museum was yeah oh. the oh.
0: most confronting thing yeah. I've
2: ever seen.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. magic. Well, yeah, I was thinking about going uh, just about those tunnels that you see at. Uh, I can't remember what the battleground was, but there were the tunnels that uh, Vietnamese soldiers waited in, yeah. and it was like the most claustrophobic. Yeah, I have claustrophobia. Oh. It's oh. my nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, and finally, just final question: a recommendation from your hometown, and you know that could be a birthplace or it can be from just down the road when you've been getting a <laughs> coffee but
3: yeah a place to go oh God, yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah um well I grew up in Wollongong and it's got the most beautiful beaches and it's got beautiful rainforests mountains like definitely it, go it check is amazing
1: out. like you hear, Wollongong, you hear Wollongong and you go there and it's,
3: yeah. it's amazing isn't I, it? I'm very grateful yeah. I got to grow up yeah. in a place like that
1: yeah beautiful it is beautiful they need to change the name, don't they? <laughs> Just call it the Gong. Gong, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the gong.
3: Good old gong. every car, almost every car has I love the
2: Gong sticker on the
3: back. Oh, so so you can't miss it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, oh God, I grew up in Brighton, so I can honestly say there's not much culture down there. <laughs> we don't believe did. You would have
1: said you I grew up in Brighton. Yeah, yeah, I know Brighton. <laughs> I get like, it every time. Always oh, growing. have got <laughs> Brighton.
2: Oh, the Dendy Deli, that's about as much <laughs> culture <laughs> as I've got down there. <laughs> uh,
4: well, I um, i grew up in Melbourne, but I took trips regularly uh, as through my childhood down to Venus Bay. Mm. which is just short of Wilson's Prom. Mm. I was just um, going to suggest and, Wilson's Prom. <laughs> and I'm proud, I'm proud to announce that Venus Bay has one of the most dangerous beaches in it Victoria, a <laughs> so a, a recommendation yeah. for you there is don't go swimming.
3: <laughs> I won't be able to go swimming when I go to Northern Territory. You know why? Oh. Crocodiles. Crocodiles. Devastating. Yeah,
4: good, good, good fish and chips,
0: though, so go yes, check out. yes. <laughs> Uh, it's, yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you three. Thank you, in for a chat. Right. Yeah, thanks yeah, for having us. As much as we do study together and all that, it's always just nice to just converse about... I'm going, you know, going so back to school. <laughs> <and> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We'll be your <laughs> teachers. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, and uh, yeah, you're all going to make fine teachers. I'm excited to... Yeah. Anyway, so um, thanks for listening, anyone out there. And uh, thanks, Neil, for your involvement, as always.
4: I uh-huh.